0: Toward the end zone. It is caught. Seattle's going to the Super Bowl.
1: It's off the letter. defended by Simmons. Is this the dagger? It's oh. Ready and pass around the boards to the blue line, taken by Benny. Brian Benny. His pass in front. The Redskins score. open. Chicago with the lead. Hello and welcome to another episode of the ASI podcast with your host Marr and joined as always by Ian the Dynamo Kelly. Uh, we have an action-packed show for you this week. We have the first weekend of NFL action is done and dusted. Uh, we're going to be re- reviewing the biggest storylines from the first weekend. Uh, we have, of course, more NBA action to talk about. We have more. NHL action to talk about. We have some managerial changes to talk about as well. But Ian, more importantly than all of that, how are you?
0: I love how you always ask me that there. I am very well. uh, Excellent. As I always answer. Even if I'm not, I always answer that. Um, But I actually am well this week, to be fair. Um, No back pains, no nothing, no aches from from gym work or anything.
1: I should actually say also, Ian, the Dynamo Kelly, now famous off the TV. Oh, well, we won't say that. I should be saying that TV. now, shouldn't I? Yeah,
0: we're looking. Yeah,
1: at it, no, no, it's uh, no. I got nabbed
0: <laughs> a little for a little thirty-second gimmick deal with, like you know, the, the the local news station. Don't mind that; that's yeah. all bollocks.
1: You know, actually, you know, Daddy, you mentioned that. What's after coming into my head? Because you're a you're you're a fan of the show too, but you know that episode of It's Always in Philadelphia where it starts out where Mac and Charlie come running into the bar saying I was just interviewed on the news and I went on for about 30 minutes about just, uh, everything that's wrong with the government and everything because of a stop sign and then it just comes to the news piece and it's just, he just says oh it was so crazy and then it cuts <laughs> yeah it
0: was like 10 seconds of a story <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 no I was kind of lucky in this scenario that like actually what I said was played. I was actually really surprised, in fact I walked home and was like this isn't you know, air in the light of day. But I had actually made a conscious decision not to uh, not to say it to anyone either. I'd actually forgotten about it. And yeah. I was sitting there actually preparing for this show and obviously the other podcast as well. And I get like a I get like a text message from somebody that I haven't actually heard from. School, Robert McGrath's name is named. shout out to Robert McGrath if you ever listen to this show. I haven't seen the guy in like twenty years and he was he just sends me like a picture of my Moog on RTE in his sitting room gone. Geez, you're looking well. Like fair play to you. Blah blah. And he goes great message too. And I was like, oh, all right, this is weird. And then literally, <laughs> bump, 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 bump. Like, I had about like forty text messages, it's, like out of nowhere. It was crazy. It was crazy. And I was like, can someone just get me a video of, so I can see what I look like? <laughs> so I didn't look like a right ass clown. Um, but yeah, no, I don't care too much for that. We know, we know what we do here, so I don't. Uh, I don't get a, uh, I don't get like kind of, oh, I was on TV or oh, I was on the radio. Sure, look, we have our own radio show. This is our radio yeah.
1: show. So. Well, at um, least uh, at least you know when you make it big, don't forget about the little guy now, Ian. All right. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, like I said, we got an action-packed show for you this week, and we're going to go straight into the action. We're going to talk about the NFL. Now, obviously, yeah, football season is, and- is back. Exactly, and you know what? Ian? It was your actual first week, probably sitting there and watching games properly.
0: You now, properly as a start um, of a season, yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. Now, without getting into too much detail about the game that you were watching, how did you find it overall? Well, I got caught up because, like, the funny
0: thing about it is, for like the last twenty years, I've really wanted to get into the excitement of NFL because like I said to you, I think I, I kind of alluded to that on last week's podcast, didn't I, that um, I always loved the Americana behind it. and I always loved the, the team jerseys and the, and the, you know, the merch and all that stuff. I always loved that. And I was like, geez, I'd love to know more about this, but you know, it's like yourself. It's like, Oh, I'd love to read that book. And I intend to read that book, but then you never read that book. You know, everyone always has yeah. the greatest of intentions. So, um, obviously I've been around playoffs quite a lot and playoff football is quite different because you're getting to the to the tail end and that's when all the couch potatoes come on right it's when all the fake fans as all your football fans would say so all your football fans have an absolute right to call me a fake football uh, fan at the moment if you want um, if you don't want to be mean you could also just embrace me and, uh, and encourage me to, to join it you know because um, you know ratings are always shit these days on all sports so you know you need you need my my view and uh, but I have to say I did um I did get quite caught up in the you know in the you know you 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 uh you had sent me a message I think that day when I was on the hills of a lovely lovely mountainside area in uh in Holt in a lovely spot in Ireland actually on a lovely mm-hmm. summer's day and kind of got me kind of got me built up when I saw your uh enthusiasm with, like, your your kind of bets and your teams that you were kind of picking and stuff like that. I was kind of going, all right, all right. Yeah. And then other people did as well. In fairness, Greg, you know Greg from other shows, Greg Flanagan. He's a yeah, big uh, big ball fan as well. And He was like, oh, yeah, you should check this out as well. So there's a lot of people kind of rooting for uh, Dynamo to, to become an, an NFL fan. So lads, I'm witches at the moment. And I have to say, it was quite exciting. And I think uh, if, if the lockdown done anything, For me, and probably there's a lot of people listening to this show that this will probably transcend to as well, or resonate with, should we say, um, that I think it actually brought people a lot closer to sports that they probably hadn't got around to.
1: Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can understand what you mean, yeah.
0: Because you're in a similar boat with with hockey, Um, and you've obviously started to, to get into the hockey now, and you're really getting into it. And uh, yeah, I think so. But I uh, yeah, a hundred percent. I got caught up in the culture. It's just a pity, like that. You know, there is a lockdown, and you don't see the fans kind of in the in the stadium. Yeah. There. Yeah. You know, and you you see like, because usually I, I've seen on the playoffs they have these video packages of all the fans and the same colors and yeah. And um, it's really difficult. Well,
1: so I think for it, like for you in terms of that, everybody had that. Um, had that experience for the first time this weekend because yeah. this, this was yeah. the first time it's ever happened. So it was, an, it was new to everyone. Um, and it was strange, uh, but I think yeah. like when, cause we had some experience getting used to it, obviously with football closer to home, obviously uh, being in empty stadiums and being played there. I think we saw sort of how we got accustomed to it quite quickly, but I think, yeah, I think uh, for me, about after uh, the first about half an hour or so, or maybe maybe even a little less, let's say twenty minutes, I think I got used to the fact that there was no fans there. Um, now it might be different this week because um, obviously it's well established on this show. I'm a Seahawks fan. The Seahawks were playing away from home last Sunday, just gone. They'll be playing at home this Sunday, and they're known for their for their fan following and for them filling the stadiums and if being one the league. Out of stadiums in in the NFL, and we won't see that this Sunday. So that's that's going to be a weird thing for me to see this come a week. But um, I think yeah, that, like there was some games, um, like the the Colts and Jaguars game had uh, I think about twenty percent capacity, and then the Broncos, uh, Denver Broncos, and the Tennessee Titans game on Monday night had uh, the same. Uh, but all the rest of the games had no fans. So OJ the was ar- there. OJ was there. OJ was there too, was he? There, he was at the Colts game. He was. Did he drive his Bronco? I
0: have a feeling he might have. He might have. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's actually start with the games because, in fairness, you did uh, Yeah, no, and it's funny because if I can get excited for it, you know, in this lockdown without fans, then quite clearly, you know, when fans are back, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really love it. Again. You know even more so as well so um, exactly i think we're we're, we're going to start with the games though cuz i think you you've picked out five games haven't you so yeah uh, so wait, i've been with this
1: yeah i've picked out five games to th- that that we that we'll talk about and similar to uh previews where i did my five word predictions i'm going to do my five word review on each game and then we'll go in a little uh, in a little more in depth with the analysis about the actual game itself, so we'll start off with the Colts and the Jaguars, uh, and my five-word review: Trevor, who? It's Minshew's house. So Jacksonville Jaguars beat Indianapolis Colts twenty-seven to twenty. Uh, Gardner Minshew threw nineteen out of twenty for one hundred and seventy-three yards and three touchdowns. He did not throw an interception. He only missed one throw 95 percent uh 95 uh, percent success rate with his throws the first quarterback in NFL history to have a 95 percent uh, pass accuracy rate and uh, throw for three touchdowns on the opening day of the season unbelievable for Minshew on the other side of it with the Colts Philip Rivers uh, 36 of 46 for 363 yards uh, so although so uh a double Minshew's yards but he had one only one touchdown pass and two interceptions um, it's 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 an unbelievable um, unbelievable result on Sunday one that I don't think anyone saw coming um, no I, I only
0: saw it I only saw it coming purely because of uh, obviously everyone if they don't know by now but if, if no one does I uh, I run a I'm a former pro wrestler so obviously um, I have a lot of pro wrestling and orientated Twitter um, mm-hmm. stuff and I just got it from like Tony Khan yeah <laughs> one of the owners the son's
1: owner from and it was like the Jags have won I was like shit man I was told these guys yeah. were shit but they won well that's that's the thing they, they've been they've been stockpiling draft picks for the next couple of years settling off their best players and we thought it was going to be a tank job this year to get um, the top player in next year's draft, which would be Trevor Lawrence, who's a quarterback coming out of uh, Clemson uh, College. But if they are trying to do that, they they possibly be replacing one of their best player on the team. Because Gardner Minshew, like, like I mentioned in the stats, unbelievable game. He, he was consistent enough. Now I'm still a doubter on whether long term it's going to work with him. But we'll see, like, it's a fantastic week. Um, like, Philip Rivers, though, uh, like I said, two two picks. Um, I had issues with the Colts in my review when I talked about it because of Philip Rivers with his age, his arm strength, and I don't think it's yeah. there, obviously, there anymore. I think it showed there. He, it was a lot of checkdowns to his running back and, I don't – like his wide receivers weren't into – one wide receiver he threw to a lot, which was Paris Campbell, and his other ones weren't uh, involved much in the game either. He got up and down the field, no problem. But when it came to actually putting it into the end zone, he had issues. So, we'll see. Maybe he can turn that around in the coming weeks. Maybe this was just a once-off. But I want to give it,
0: if I can, just before – Sorry, before you get on to the next game, go ahead if you want No, no, go ahead if you're ready. I'm done. I just want to give a couple of shout out, actually on other teams um, A, that I watched highlights too, but uh, Aaron Green is a big show, or sorry, a big fan of the show and um, he's been a big fan of my other shows as well, though I must dozen. Calgary native um, great guy and he's a, a Packers fan and, okay. uh, so there was a good so win he'd be happy. Him. Yeah, he'd be happy this week Yeah, they beat the, beat the Vikings pretty good,
1: actually and, oh, uh, they, they, it, it was a, it was a complete uh, demolition job by the Packers.
0: It was, and I actually watched the, uh, I
1: watched the highlights of that uh,
0: today. So I wanted to yeah. know. It was forty-three to thirty-four. But it yeah, that uh, it was. But they were. It was a lot better than it that. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't really.
1: The scoreline doesn't do justice. It's very it's, similar to my team, which we will talk later yeah there um, was a few scores late on in the in that game that sort of made the scoreline look respectable but yeah, it really yeah, wasn't yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, and then I do want to give a shout out as well because I did mention last week that I do have a soft spot for a certain team in Chicago and uh, the, Bears. the Bears man they won well too they they, they, they they, I mean I didn't see the whole I've seen some of the, the highlights I mean they won by five
1: points was how five? Was four they points. won that how they won that game, I don't know. They were down twenty-three to six coming into the fourth quarter. Was a crazy Mitch, comeback though, right? Mitch Trubisky was playing awful, and then in the fourth quarter, you know, we might well, We might as well might as well call him Big Dick Mitch, you know. Um yeah. but three three touchdowns, um, great comeback. Now, the only thing I'll say is um the Lions basically had a touchdown to win the game in the last few seconds to uh, to um, win the game. But I can't remember who it was. I think it was their rookie um, running back, uh, Swift, dropped it in the end zone where he had no one around him. He should have caught it. But that doesn't matter. It was. Now I just right now. It was Swift. Yeah. 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 Oh. So – uh, unbelievable uh, for the Bears to come back like that. Again, another team that I have um, worries for this coming year. So we'll see if they can continue that now. Um, but we'll move on to our next game, and it's said uh, Seahawks against the Falcons. My five word pre- uh, review: Can't wait for this one. I want what Russ is cooking. <laughs> so yeah, Russell Wilson, thirty-one to thirty-five, three 300- hundred. 22 yards four touchdowns this was exactly what I wanted to see When I did when talking about the Seahawks there a couple of weeks ago I wanted to see Russ Cook and they gave the ball to Russell Wilson they let him throw the ball scoring four touchdowns he made runs himself like quarterback keep runs that were designed runs like he wasn't Scrambling for his life because the uh, the offensive line collapsed and there's defenders chasing him. This was all planned. It was unbelievable to see what the offense were doing. Um, like, even when they did run the ball at times, they ran it quite well with Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde. And um, Chris Carson actually scored two receiving touchdowns, not rushing, which is good. Now, there's still issues with the O line. They looked okay. Um, we'll see if, if that um, gets better now over a couple of weeks. There'll be a real test this coming week with that the defensive line looks good too and they got to the quarterback Matty Ryan Um so we'll see the backfield obviously you, you look at the the box score numbers the I think Ryan had nearly like 450 yards um, throwing uh, at the weekend a lot of that was in garbage time similar to the Packers and Vikings game the the, the game was so far beyond the Falcons that the Seahawks sort of sat back a little bit and allowed the air to take up because they knew they were going to win the game anyway. Um, but like from a Seahawks fan point of view, really, I really was gonna start. Yeah, let
0: me ask you the questions actually as yeah. a Seahawks fan so that, you know, the okay. listeners isn't going, shut up, Dara, you're just fucking So <laughs> Let me actually ask you. Um, okay. So three questions, I guess, and you can probably ask me Three questions or, or you know if you want or not okay. um, What A what were you expecting going into this game okay mm-hmm. B um, how close or not close did you think it would be Or and then C at the very end what surprised you and didn't su- or disappointed you so I think there, that's a pretty good tra- uh, okay. you know, triple barrel question that I think you could probably answer
1: yeah Okay, so first question is, what did I expect? Yeah. Um, Well, what I expect is what I didn't want to happen, and thankfully it didn't, where Seattle would go back to doing what they've done forever since Pete Carroll has been in charge, where they ran first and then throw second. Because a big problem with... Seattle um and maybe like it, it, people outside of like Seahawks fandom w- wouldn't know too much which is a big frustration with Seattle fans is um it would be a run first offense um when you have one of the f- best quarterbacks in the game you're not letting him throw the ball until you're in the fourth quarter and you're down and you need him to come back you know complete a comeback win for, for your team and that's you see that every single week that's so frustrating because you know he has the talent to control the game himself so that's one thing that i was expecting that they might go back and do which they didn't which i was pleasantly surprised by um, how close i think the game was going to be i definitely thought it was going to be closer than it was um i did fear at certain times during the week like you do whenever your team is playing that oh they could lose this and this was a game that they could definitely have lost because um, Atlanta definitely on offense are a dangerous team. The Seahawks have improved their defense. Um, like there's one person that I didn't mention in, in the quick review and that was Jamal Adams. Um, of course, the trade acquisition from the Jets over the summer, who was absolutely fantastic on defense at uh, the weekend. He was everywhere. He was um, in the backfield covering plays or he was up front there putting pressure on the quarterback. He was a fantastic uh, had a fantastic game and hopefully that continues now for the rest of the season because he's gone he's already showing how important he is to the team and then uh, last question is what was what's was the last question what was I surpri- disappointed with was what that- were you
0: surprised what sorry I suppose what a better way of saying that would be what were you surprised with or disappointed so that you can you can pick one or
1: the other well surprised like I said is that uh, Seattle threw the football primarily. They they let Russell Wilson throw the football. Uh, one big surprise, and like I said, Seahawks fans know this as well, that um, any time they're in a fourth down situation, they will always punt the ball or kick a field goal. They're not like Coach Carroll is not one of those coaches that takes an awful lot of risks and will go for things like that. But there was a 4th and 5, I think it was, uh, or in the middle of the field, that they took a shot on. Um, Russell Wilson throws it deep to DJ Metcalf, touchdown, which kind of basically nearly pretty much sealed the game uh, for, for uh, the Seahawks. So that, which, that, so that's the willingness to sort of go for, game, go for it as well was, a, was very surprising and was a, a welcome surprise, I should say. Hopefully it continues for the rest of the year will obviously see this come a week.
0: Well let's let's go through quickly the next two games before we come okay. to um, before we come to my team and then we'll obviously have our first commercial break without the commercials because we don't do that here. Um, no. but the next game up was the Cardinals against the 49ers.
1: Yeah so the Cardinals beat the 49ers by 24 points to 20 of <laughs> Yeah, the 49ers who won the NFC last year and obviously came up short in Super Bowl. But uh, my five word review, Kyler and D-Hop go nuts. So Kyler Murray, uh, his second year in the league, sort of like a second coming of Russell Wilson, the player who controls the ball and can run if you need to. Um DeAndre Hopkins, whose first game it was with the Cardinals is his trade from the Texans, fourteen catches, one hundred and fifty-one yards. They were so so good. Uh, the Cardinals. The Forty Nine ers, on the other hand, were not so good at all. Um, so it they,
0: wasn't wasn't sunny in San
1: Francisco. It definitely wasn't sunny in San Francisco. It was rainy. It was terrible. Jimmy G struggled, and obviously he had no wide receivers to throw to, which is a big problem, I think, for uh, San Francisco. Now, I know that just tonight, actually, uh, the night we are recording, they've actually signed Mohamed Sanu, a uh, veteran wide receiver, to the team, which will help. Um, I don't know how much help he will be. He's more of an accessory piece. He's not the main man. Um George Kittle went down during the game with an injury, and I think it almost sent 49ers fans into cardiac arrest because if you lose George Kittle and you have no wide receivers, you have no offense. That's it. You're done. So, Otherwise, great win for the Cardinals. Really surprising. Sets up the division perfectly. Like I said in the review, the Cardinals are a good side. It was just a victim of the the division that they're in, but maybe they're tired of being the victims, and now they want to victimize someone, and it started with the 49ers this week.
0: And what a great start. Yeah,
1: exactly. Great. Absolutely great start. We'll and move then, on. yeah, yeah. Yep. Sure. I, I, I just figured I'd do it for you. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. You're yeah. setting me up. I'll knock them out of park. You yeah,
0: dude, absolutely. So we have the team that has no name, the Washington football team, um, formerly the Washington Redskins, obviously, um, came up against the Eagles. And um, it was a win for the team that has no official name yet. Yes. So
1: team. what is the five-letter word for that? The five-word review. Wins eats the defensive line. Carson Wentz, quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. I are you're looking confused. I'll explain it for you now. Oh, no. <laughs> I, was just, uh, I was thinking of my own
0: five-letter word. It was like,
1: we have no
0: name. Smash. <laughs> <laughs> it like, doesn't matter. But we still smash. <laughs>
1: Carson Wentz sacked eight times on Sunday from, by different Washington defenders. Unbelievable. Eight times. I know that defensive line is beat up to hell. You're missing Dillard, Brooks, and then Lane Johnson was a, was a surprise omission there on Sunday too. So that defensive line is vulnerable and they're, they're like a, an animal in the wild that was hurt. And now the uh, the hunters that went after and they're after finding it and they are feasting on that carcass, which was Carson Wentz at the weekend. Do you out, believe marching. that
0: the Eagles will soar
1: evermore, or is it? Is I it? I think they've got they've got they've got they've got their wings clipped at the moment. And I doubt they could have them broken completely if they don't get this offensive line
0: sorted out. Because, and how many games do you think they have to sort that? Of, like the next two.
1: Well, the thing is, like in football, you don't have a lot of games to do it. No. Like You've only got you've only got sixteen regular season games, and like out of sixteen teams, you're fighting for seven playoff spots. You know, so if you fall behind early, you're playing catch up, and then you're fo- then you're hoping on other results to help you out. And you, That's you never don't want fool. to do that. You no, know, you you want to keep it in your own uh, in your own. Like you want to have it in your own hands, so you want to make sure you can choose. Like uh, it's just, it's really different. Like there was some really strange decision making as well on the offense by by Eagles. Now let's not let's not forget this. At one point in this game, the Philadelphia Eagles were seventeen points up, and they ended up losing by twenty seven to seventeen. So they did not score again, and they conceded twenty seven points. Whether or not your offensive line is hurt or inexperienced or not that good that is still criminal to do something like that and that is not the offensive line's fault I'd put that down to play calling I put that down to, to Carson Wentz poor play in general maybe he was just scared of his life after getting sacked so many times but, uh, <laughs> but great great for, um, great for Washington and uh, Ron Rivera who's a head coach he's a head coach who's really likeable um, of course, you know, the crazy thing is, and I don't know if you saw this news, but um, Ron Rivera was diagnosed um, with cancer over the off-season. I uh, did hear the uh, story, son. yeah. I yeah. did hear the story. Can, he continued to um, coach the side because it was actually his first year. He was only just hired. Well, yeah. at halftime, he was getting an IV drip for um, his cancer treatment, and he couldn't do the halftime speech. So quarterback Dwayne Haskins gave the halftime speech and said,
0: Unbelievable. I, I love that. I love. I love seeing a story yeah. like that. That just, you know, and that's, you know, whether the Washington Redskins don't have a name anymore or Washington Football Team. I do, do apologise, and um, that's 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 kind of irrelevant to that to that story. That's just yeah. crazy. That's crazy. That's
1: one of that's one of those like heartwarming stories in that sense. Right? I love it. You know, I love in this, it. In, especially in the year twenty twenty, you need something like that.
0: We do. We need a lot more of those stories, which leads us on to the next game, which is uh, <laughs> this is what we got: one on yeah. March, the Saints, the battle of the two old men, Drew Brees and Tom Brady, the quarterback battle. Why don't you hit me with your uh, with your five word review? Brady breezed to one side. Hey, my man, I love this. I can get used to this now. Um, yeah, so I suppose I'll start off with just a little bit of the uh, like the premise of that game as well, obviously, was the battle of the old man. Obviously, yeah, um, three years in the difference, I believe, right? Um, uh, 39 yeah. and Drew Brees is 42, no, other way around. Oh, so so uh, Br- Brady's older. Oh, Brady's older, sorry, yeah. Brady's older, sorry, yeah. okay, it still makes no odds, but anyway, um. And Brady, by the way, Brady's still sexy as hell for 42, so we'll, we'll, we'll throw that in there. You know, he's a good guy. Um, but but um, it was, it was as you said, it was a battle of the two tired arms, shall we say. The yep. two tired gladiators that have kind of uh, been the... Uh, well, one has obviously been the, the figurehead of his team for, for the last, however. And then one... Who is literally a legend and has moved on to Pastors new for the books? Yeah, and it started off really, really well for um, for Tom Brady. Why don't yeah, you it this? did. What, what 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 happened from there? Because when I'm starting to watch this match, I'm going shit. I don't really like this football thing.
1: Uh, <laughs> I know, I know. First drive with the Bucks and, and Brady goes up the field. And... You can understand where I'm coming from. I'm like, yeah, dude, why, why, why did I
0: set myself <laughs> up for this
1: failure? Bra- um, Brady goes up the field and um, actually <laughs> sneaks in for a touchdown. He snuck it because uh, he
0: tried the first time and he yeah. ended it and then he just snuck in a touchdown.
1: Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, you know what probably played into the mindset and obviously it was in the his former team the Patriots um, in their game their new QB Cam Newton ran in for two touchdowns himself so earlier on in the day so I get I bet Brady was looking at that game saying well if he can run in for two I'll run in for one now myself which he did um, he, he did, he did. I'll, give, I'll give him that yeah he did yeah he did yeah. but it wasn't all rosy in, in the garden of Brady yeah, because Uh, as well as running in for that touchdown and throwing one to O.J. Howard. He had two interceptions, one leading to a a pick six for Janoris Jenkins. Um, And accuracy wasn't, uh, obviously, a a few fantastic throws from Brady, but he wasn't throwing the ball to the targets that you would expect to. Now, that could be down to um, the Saints' defense because their backfield is, is quite Quite a good backfield. So you did say uh, that as well. That yeah,
0: we, we are actually quite stacked. In fairness, uh, yeah, like like they are pretty fucking proactive in that. I, I did notice that, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I might not be a using Brady, my terminology. Oh, you know, Brady
1: didn't have. Yeah. Me with Brady didn't have months. as much. T- yeah, Brady didn't have as much time to, to hold on to the ball and pick yeah. out passes you would like yeah. because um, yeah, yeah. Cameron Jordan. Um, was giving their right tackle all sorts of trouble uh, throughout that game, um, and was beating him almost every time. So Brady really? had to get rid of that ball quickly. Wasn't he? He's a fantastic player, Cameron. He Jones. was literally he was like he was
0: the one that stood out to me. In fact, even more so than Drew Brees, just purely about how disciplined he was in
1: terms of how he was able to stick to that. Yeah, it was he is. Just, he is one of the premier edge rushers in the game. He's he's a fantastic player, Um one that would fit in every. Uh, every team. Every team would love to take him. Um, but we'll talk about uh, maybe the but Saints' offense a little bit. No, we can't have him. Uh, but we'll talk about the Saints' offense a little bit. Uh, Drew yeah. Brees, obviously, he looked a little rusty himself, but he obviously didn't throw interceptions like like Brady did. Um,
0: Do you think he played
1: a smarter game? Um, smarter game, yes. Uh, more because, like, he, just, he, does, he can't throw... Like bombs, like he used to, obviously. So he has to, the offense has to be tailored around his limitations or his abilities, bro. We'll say, actually, not limitations, we'll say, abilities. so there's a
0: question then. You, as,
1: as the guy that's the, that's the football analyst, right?
0: Yeah. What is, right? So if he can't throw those bombs anymore and it's been tailored around to his strengths, what are his strengths? There we go.
1: His strength is getting rid of the ball quick. So he has to have those uh, speedy wide receivers to to get in the, to get make their runs, to get into their positions that he can throw to them. Um, because, like I said, he gets rid of the ball quick. So but he, had, he for him, if he needs to hold on to the ball for a little longer, he has got a great offensive line there protecting them. One thing that I think was a big difference in the game for between Brady and Breeze was the strength of the running backs. So Brady, or Breeze, I should say, has one of the premier running backs in Alvin Kamara there, who is uh, not just a obviously not just a traditional running back. But he's a pass catching running back he as well, phenomenal. which is which is great for which is yeah. great for Brees and obviously with, with him scoring um, two touchdowns as well. Uh, it was two touchdowns actually, yeah, wasn't it? Uh, on Sunday. But Brady doesn't have that, and like I said in my review uh, or preview, I should say uh, when I was. Uh, Preview the division. The, the, the issue is with Brady, is that the, the, he has like, who was it? it was Ronald Jones, he has he has Leonard Fournette and LaShawn McCoy. Those running backs aren't the premier running backs that he needs. Leonard Fournette has a good running back, but you need to give him the ball 20, 30 times a day. That means our game to get him going means they ball off Brady, which is not what they want to do. But so at the same time, it's... the
0: whole narrative at the start of the season was that like, you know, all the pieces have been put in place for Brady to yeah, you know, to make this team go to, you know, to the next level and pretty much go all the way. Hence why he probably took the gig, let's be fair. Yeah. Um, do you think it was a case that Saints just literally are way are just a better team? Or just smarter strategy? Would you put it down to better team or smarter strategy? Because I do know that a lot of... uh, I think it's smarter strategy.
1: And I think one big thing as well that I know people are not understanding and I think that they need to, and I mentioned this in the review as well, is this is going to be a season where settled teams are going to do very well because you don't have time... player new teams like new new coaches new players especially in those important positions like quarterback you, or uh, like head coaching roles you do not have the preparation time this year that you had in previous times so you have to pack in a full preseason in about four weeks you can't do that so yeah. the teams that are going back and that have likes with the likes of Sean Payton and Drew Brees that have been there for years to get they know exactly how things work so they can just get straight into it the likes of Russell Wilson Pete Carroll straight into it you know these teams that are that have had consistency like Lamar Jackson and uh, John Harbaugh and uh, um, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes these coaches and these quarterbacks especially have been together for a couple of years so that means that they are going to be in a better position starting off Dan unfortunately, the likes of Tom Brady with Bruce Arians and we've seen with the likes of Philip Rivers sometime with the Colts and um like it it's it, it's it's just it's and to be fair why, that's why I think it's in, Tom to defense, in Tom Brady's
0: defence in Tom Brady's defence he did sign up to, you know to this franchise before this kind of, of course. pandemic oh, yeah, of course. started. So I mean yeah. he obviously thought there would be a lot more preparation involved in this and he's probably prepared himself mm-hmm. um as only probably the best quarterback of all well one of them of all time has yeah. uh, you know can um, and, and obviously Drew Brees as you mentioned he has you know I'm just trying to play devil's advocate I uh, can hear my Nola fans here go shut the fuck up Ian um, and uh, just say yeah obviously the boys in me say yeah fuck you <laughs> we, we destroyed <laughs> we won and we did in fairness we yeah. won like you know, again, I think that's another one that the scoreline, even even at twenty three, um, for for the books, it kind of um, flatters them a little bit because it did become a little bit of a demolition. I did watch the game; it was uh, it was beautiful, and yeah. uh, I will watch many more of them. I think before we get on to the next segment, I think it might be uh, we probably be remiss to kind of not mention how. The highest paid player in the NFL uh, performed this week with uh, Mahomes because you didn't mention him there. Yeah, well, uh, yeah,
1: Mahomes got off to a good start. Obviously, kicking off everything on um, on Thursday night seems like an age Kansas, ago now. Yeah. last Thursday night now with the official kickoff against the Texans. Yeah, I think if it, it was a really good game, it wasn't in like. Mahomes Masterclass Explosion game But it was a Mahomes Consistent What you're going to get from Which is um, A lot of throws A lot of yards And touchdowns You know So I like it. That's, so that's it You know That's all you need to know we But Ian There's that. one thing that You have to watch now This coming weekend Because I don't think You'd Got a chance to. I think you only you, you only watched the Saints game live, didn't you? You watch highlights of the other one. I watched that live do and I watched highlights
0: of most of the other
1: games, yeah. Yeah, you haven't gotten the chance to sit down and watch Red Zone yet, have you? No. That's this Sunday, that's I'm giving you homework now for this week. Your homework this week is to watch NFL Red Zone on Sunday evening.
0: Okay. And, and you did mention this to me before,
1: so yeah, yeah I'm happy to do that. Yeah it's like the equivalent of soccer Saturday but what they do is they take you to games that ha- where action is happening so if the team is in for if a team is on the 20 yard line or between the 20 yard line and the goal line that's called the red zone so if they're there they'll show you that so you're always watching touchdowns and stuff like that it's, it's great for when you're getting into the game so it's constant action
0: I'm all for it and as i said on March the Saints and go Seahawks, go or whatever you guys say. Go uh, Hawks, go. Well, yeah, well, it's not too far behind. But uh, obviously, when we come back, we are going to take a visit to one of the bubbles, which is in, of course, Disneyland, Orlando, Florida. And we will be, uh, we will be looking at the latest on the NBA as we get closer to a uh, to an NBA final there as well. And uh, when we come back. Make sure that uh, you you have your pen and your pad down because obviously we are gonna be giving you uh, details on how you can follow us on social media and uh, whatever else it is that is gonna keep you viewed, glued and keep that attitude while you listen to me and Dara fill you in on all things American sports here in Ireland. are coming off a worse week than Harvey Weinstein, and they're up by 14 points. Welcome back to the ASI podcast with me, Ian and Dynamo Kelly, and Dara Marr. We are, like we mentioned, you need to get a pen and a pad, first and foremost, before we get into the NBA, because at this point in time, we are going to uh, give you all of our details and how you continue to follow us and support us. We're not asking for a lot other than your time. We don't want money yet.
1: Tara, <laughs> why, uh, why don't you fill everybody in how they find us, what they do. Um, yeah, of course. And you can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash ASI podcast you can go to twitter is at ASI underscore pod and then also go to our instagram at ASI podcast uh, if you go to our podcast there today you can actually see who I voted for as the AFC and NFC teams of the week uh, now if you're listening to the first part you probably have an idea who I'm going to go with but for them we'll go check out the page and have a look see who I went for I while you're give us a follow maybe even a few likes there would be perfect too
0: absolutely um, but we are going to move along and we are going to talk NBA because we are getting very 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 close to a um, to a resolution of some sort of final in the basketball bubble all the way over there in Orlando Florida and um, Obviously, the Lakers are true on the West. They are true to the final. They made uh, they made basically mincemeat out of the beard and his Houston Rockets. Um, very short
1: work. Yeah, we thought short- we might have had a series on went after the first game, but then the Lakers seemed to just be like, nah, me. Uh, they, just- be,
0: they became the Lakers again. It was like yeah. LeBron James decided to get all of the slogans off the back of his jersey, and he just had James twenty three and when i saw james 23 i just went this man is throwing away the gimmicks and he's putting on the putting on the colours. and good lord when he does it there is nobody better and uh, so exactly. lebron lebron was definitely the player of this of this series without a shadow of a doubt uh, oh, yeah. anthony davis in a close second for sure but uh, yeah lebron was just more as a part of anybody um now, we do get on to your beloved L.A. Clippers. A yeah. uh, bit of a problem here because the Denver Nuggets uh, just won't go away. And we are at a 3-3 series here, which basically decides who is going into uh, the Western Conference Final as a very tired team, actually. Um, so
1: Yeah, well, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's the Denver Nuggets won't go away. I think it's the Clippers can't stay out their own way. Because that's his way, yeah. That's not what I'm saying.
0: Actually.
1: Because the last two games, especially on Sunday, they had a 19-point lead in the third quarter. They lost that. They had a 20-point lead in Game Five. They lost that. Like these, why why are you losing these leads? You know, um, I think I saw a stat there for the game on Sunday that. Um, in the like from the point on when they were nineteen points down, and uh, then the nuggets outscored the clippers by like sixty four to twenty five like you just don't do that at all in any quarter of any game, let alone the fourth quarter in game six of an MB- of a eastern conference semi final you know uh, they I don't know what's been going on like they they seem to be playing well, then this stuff has been happening um What's happening? Like, with no, Roy? I mean we've all we want. Kawhi is still, yeah, Quai still carrying the team, but his his shooting is at fifty percent. He's uh, for this series, so he's not been as accurate as he normally is. Obviously, the well well established, I should say, issues with, with um, Paul George when he blows hot and cold, mostly cold. You know, the supporting players just aren't doing it enough for the Montrez Harrell and uh, Lou Williams are meant to be these um, game changers off the bench that can help tick the game over for when uh, PG and Kawhi actually have a break. But they haven't played well in the bubble either. So I th- there's like game seven, of course, is tonight while we're recording um, this. It's going uh, it to happens just an, an hour from now. And... You know, I still think that the Clippers are going to win Game Seven, but I would not be surprised if they went out and lost that. It's funny thing. because
0: you mentioned uh, al Harris. I have a feeling that there's a certain Croatian that is now out of the bubble in the name of of uh, Look at Doncic. That is probably is he Serbian? No, no, he's a uh, Croatian. Is he? Okay. What um, uh you know, some people would say it's all the same, but it's really not. No, Luka Doncic is Croatian. Slovenian. He's Slovenian. We're Slovenian. both wrong. So we're both wrong. Yeah, we're both wrong. We're both wrong. So apologies to all of you Slovenians uh, that are, you know, that that is your actual basketball hero. We've just uh, completely um, put them either of two ways. But uh, – <laughs> there's a certain Slovenian that's probably sitting back at home saying, hey, fuck you, Montrezal. Call me a white boy. Well, you're not doing too well yourself, my friend. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange one, all joking aside. Um, I, I, I fully expected it to, to at least get to 4-2. Um, the fact that, you know, the, the Clippers have not, that have allowed it to, to even get to a, a 3-3. I kind of fear for the Clippers tonight, which by... Which time when people hear this show um, We will obviously have a resolution In the Western final And you'll know yeah. whether it was the Nuggets or the Clippers But I really feel That in, on this occasion That uh, the Nuggets If they can just actually get to a Western conference final I think they will feel That if they can get there To meet LeBron and co That they've, they've done a hell of a job You know
1: I, Yeah they, uh, For sure uh, for for sure now the of course they are towards seeds and towards seeds for a reason
0: I understand that but there was still an article. Yeah.
1: Like the, the, the nuggets i mean let's be fair you know
0: you know you as a fan you're gonna you know you're gonna plant the excuses firmly on the ground before <laughs> before the result is finished well you know they' were towards seeds but they were you the the, the, it's, it's sure did nice. any of these podcasts previously so Let's but in terms
1: of in terms of a matchup, it's sort of been a nightmare for them in terms of uh, trying to find someone who can look after uh, Jokic, because yeah. there's been no one yeah. that's been able to defend Jokic at all in this question. series.
0: Has Jokic been the best player of the bubble consistently? It's it's a fair question. I'm not saying that he is or has been, uh, but it was a question that was posed today on the NBA uh, platform, and I. It's an interesting.
1: One. I, I I think maybe someone like a Jimmy Butler may just outshine them. I think
0: I personally believe it's Jimmy Butler for me. Um, however, as we speak, um, the Boston Celtics, who again nobody expected to even be in an Eastern Conference Final initially, um, are now leading the uh, Miami Heat in, in, in the first game of the series. So it's it's um, it's been a very, very strange one. And I mean, of course people are gonna come up and say, oh well, whoever wins this, there's an asterisk on it. But I think when you know, when you're talking about teams like uh, Boston in there, who were the third seed, but let's be fair, they were the third seed by a little bit of a distance behind, you know. Um yeah. you know, it's like saying, Oh well I came third but like I lost by you know, hundred yards. It's like, come on, you know. Well, it's like it's like Man United finishing third in the season just gone. You know. Yeah, you Man know. United and Chelsea came third and fourth respectively, but like they yeah. finished, you know, mountains of points behind the the, the top two. So yeah. um, it it is. So I mean, a shout out to the Celtics, and obviously us as Irishmen, we will always have a soft kind of spot and affiliation with the Celtics. Um, and you know, I think if, if the Celtics were to win it. I mean, I'm I'm rooting for whoever wins this this game personally. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I do have Lakers jerseys as well, I do like the Lakers as well. I do like the Lakers. I'm not gonna lie. I'm just uh, I'm enjoying you know the season. My team is is long gone, so uh, yeah. I have no kind of a vendetta here. But yeah, I mean, I can you know if it was if it was a Denver Nuggets Lakers. Eastern final I mean it's got to be the Lakers that have to win this right for the sake of because I mean surely surely we can't have two number three seeds as the NBA finalists in the bowl
1: well look crazier things have happened
0: absolutely absolutely like and I mean it's kind of I mean for me I I do think the Clippers will persevere tonight and will just get it over the line um I think you you know it is up to the likes of um uh, it is up to the likes of George and it is up to the likes of Leonard to really kind of step up now and if yeah. the likes of Montreal wants to actually come in and actually
1: finally contribute something, that would be great too from a 10%. this is the thing like do you do you want to win this championship yeah, if you do, you win this game, simple as there's no like we'll get them in the next game or anything like that no this there's is it.
0: it's do or die it's do yeah. or die. Um, but I suppose is there anything else you want to add to the NBA bubble
1: there no like I said the, the, uh, the Celtics and the Miami Heat playing at the moment now I think it's been some interesting developments in terms of coaching changes there's been a few uh, coaches now that have decided to leave their teams since being left in the bubble uh, so uh, Alvin Gentry lost his job with the, the Pelicans but we've also seen that 76ers uh, they fired uh, Brent Brown Houston Rockets Mike Dantini is is going as well he's leaving we obviously talked about Steve Nash with the with the Nets being appointed there yeah so there's been a lot of coaching changes uh, in the last week or so especially so uh, we'll see who who gets who gets those jobs now especially with the Rockets is an interesting case with the with the likes of obviously Harden and Westbrook, will they have a say on the new coaching hire? And will the new coach actually want them in their team? You know, he might want to move them on.
0: Well, the Mike Dantini one is a very interesting one because that would be a coach that I would take ahead of Steve Clifford for the Magic if Clifford were to leave. That's that's I, I want to make that a, I want to make that abundantly clear. Um, It's not that I think Dantini's a better coach. I do technically think he might be a bit of a a better coach for some of the style of play that the Magic could play with the young players that they have. Um, I think Clifford is very reserved in a lot of ways. He does find ways to win, but he does it at a time where, I mean, we destroyed, obviously, um, the books in the first game, but then there was nothing, you know? Um, I think there's a style of play that a lot of these young players the likes of Markel Fultz um, Jonathan Isaac God bless you know please make him come back soon to be honest with you um, for his own sake and his own career and um, and then there's lots of uh, there's lots of other players I mean we do have a uh, we do have a kind of a, a core of older players also I mean Evan Fournier uh, Vucevic as well Still think Vucevic on his day can be, along with Jokic, Jokic, um, the best kind of big man, best center, you know, in the game. I think when he when he's when he's playing like he did against the books in all of the series, as you would agree. I mean, he was actually the only standout. I think Markel Fultz was another standout in that series as well, which I kind of said to you, Fultz is going to be the guy, and um, was just yep. going like Fournier, who I have on my jersey, I haven't given up on Fournier, but uh. Yeah, I, I I do. I don't know. I think like a change of coach for like a Steve Clifford for a D'Antoni would be interesting, yes. wouldn't it? And that's, that's kind of where because once this bubble finishes, teams actually have a bit of time now. They have till December, till Christmas to really strategize. So GMs are going to be really, really um, kind of licking their lips at the moment and seeing what they need to do and basically earning their money. But also at the same time, People that have just uh, bought the new NBA 2K are probably going to be like, "Damn, how do I build this franchise?" Especially people that want to uh, want to keep it as realistic as possible. They're like, "Shit, what do I do here? Who do I sign?" <laughs> um, because, as you mentioned, there's lots of coaches gone. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to know. Um, Popovich, you know, will, will will he continue on? Will he? It looks will, like it. Will he retire? Yeah, it looks like it. You know, I wouldn't was, think so. No, I don't think he needed to retire during this. Uh, um, obviously, he was winning after during the, during the whole thing as well. But uh, well, look, we move along from from the NBA now. There's lots of excitement, uh, rumors and innuendo. And I'm sure that will stem from um, stem from where we are now because we obviously don't have a uh, a conclusion to the uh, the Larry O'Brien. So we will see who wins that. And um, like I said, if you're if you're betting people. Market, I'm telling you, I believe it's gonna be the Heat and the Lakers in the final. That's still my prediction. If okay. the Celtics get there, I will be more than happy for that too. But I think it will be the Lakers and the and the Heat in the final. And it will be uh hopefully the Heat that um you know tells LeBron, well, thank you. But uh, now we've got Giannis on board. And I think if the Heat do get to the final,
1: I think that's where you're gonna see Giannis go. Okay, that's an interesting call. So, like, if it is the Heat and the Lakers, maybe the winner gets Giannis as well. That's also as well. A very good. Yeah, yeah, We kind of stumbled on that point, didn't we? Yeah, well, there you go. We could have just stumbled on that by, uh, by accident. But is not that that'd be maybe a conversation for uh, when we have Casey Kiernan actually back on because we said we'll get him on before the start of the NBA finals What
0: does so. Casey know? Huh? I can't wait for him to hear this. What does Casey know? He knows a lot uh, more than us, he, he knows a lot more than us he for sure. Definitely does. Yeah, we love Casey. By the way, if, if just before we do finish on the end of this, as I said, we always do say and we always plug him, he's a good guy. Casey Kiernan, AM Hoops, um, Casey Kiernan on Twitter at Casey Kiernan, AM Hoops, uh, of course, AM Hoops on YouTube. Absolutely phenomenal content. If you wanna, if you wanna kind of, you know, indulge yourself in kind of trade rumors, free signings, um, you know, live
1: haircuts,
0: live haircut. Yeah, yeah, he shaved his head. He put his money where his mouth was when he said Ball Ball wouldn't get past sixteen points. I believe it was, wasn't it? Something like that. Yeah, it was something silly anyway. But uh, we thought it was true at the time as well. So we're lucky that we didn't uh, get involved in that bet. So. Casey Kiernan, AM hoops, check him out. He is your boy. He will be back once we get a uh, once we get a, a definitive uh, conference um, conference uh, winners. A, leg- a legitimate Larry O'Brien Trophy final. That's that's what we want. We we, we uh, but we will move on. Obviously, but before we do, we will take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to finish up with hockey. And Dara has some questions. The pose to me about the situation in Calgary and with my beloved Calgary Flames.
1: So oh, don't yeah. you dare Can't me. wait to put you on the hot seat. Absolutely, I'm ready. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> Rody going to the goal. Lennon to the middle of the shot, block and shot, scores! Matthew Kitschak, what a goal!
1: Kitschak <laughs> settles it down, but it's still a back by Shedd Right at front, short, sure. stopped by Rody. Rebound, winning, stopped back Bozak on the rebounds. On five, Anderson shoots,
0: stopped by Campbell. Rebound, Kachuk scores! What a night for Matthew Kachuk. He's going to Johnny Gattrall, all the way
1: and score. And you're welcome back to the third and final part of the ASI podcast with myself, Darren Marr, and Ian, the Dynamo Kelly. So we've talked NFL, we've talked NBA, now it's time to talk a little bit of hockey, talk a little bit of NHL. We have gotten uh, one finalist of the Stanley Cup, that of course is the Dallas Stars, the uh, heel of the piece, you could call it. Uh, so far because, well, they're not high on Ian's Christmas list because they defeated, unfortunately, the Calgary Flames in the first round. And now they're not high on my Christmas list because they defeated the Golden Knights just last night in overtime to win the series by four games to one uh, and to make it to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, So, Ian, we have the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders currently playing their uh, game five, the Lightning are 3 1 up in the series, but they are 1 0 down so far in this game against the Islanders. Do you think tonight is the night for Tampa to win this and go through?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, with, with these games, we've seen that they're big scoring games with the Islanders and, and the Lightning. So I don't, uh, I don't, you know, we, we all know the Lightning are my kind of second team. Um, Especially within this, within these finals, uh, I think, I think you know we've seen kind of a weird trend. What's really happened? Though, I just want to go back to the Dallas Stars there. <clears throat> um, obviously, they went into that game with the flames being, you know, they were the underdogs, and then kind of came out and and just persevered through a lot of dirty tactics, dirty play. And Perry, as a as a centre, is a piece of shit. Um, just in terms of how he plays, he's, he's he's dirty. He tries to hurt people. I feel he tries to hurt people anyway. You've probably seen that yourself with the way he plays with goalkeepers. He's always got the stick in. He's he's leaning in. Um, Big junky looking heading him. I'm just not a fan of him to be honest with you. And I know people are <laughs> been sitting at home listening. Go, why don't you tell them how you really feel about him? Uh, but that's how <laughs> I really feel about Perry. I think he's a piece of shit. However. However, as bitter as I am, I'm also fair. Um, you know, players, can, players can get over that you know, at the end of games, and so should fans. You know? And I think fans need to remember that. Fans can sometimes take anger uh, towards opposition players to a new level and wish all kinds of hate on them and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you see the players fist-pumping at the end and just kind of congratulating each other. You know, fair game, good, tough game. See you next time. See you next year. Gonna shoot a poke into your teeth and hopefully knock them out. You know, but I wish you well. <laughs> um, and it's the same. Same goes for Perry with me. Like, uh, but I think Dallas really do need to be kind of given a pat on the back as well. I think uh, coach needs to be given a pat on the back. They um, they went into this as underdogs. It probably favoured them in a lot of ways too, and they've really kind of built a, like a, a camaraderie throughout this series now obviously going in with the Vegas Golden Knights which I thought was was a shoe in for for the final because they were just blowing people out um turns out that what you said was true I think messing around with the goalkeeper situation I think it was a bit stupid um I'd be surprised if coach keeps his job after that or if he wants to stay after that I don't know I really don't know um I mean I don't think he should lose his job after be with you. Was, well I, I
1: don't think in, in terms of the, the series with, with Dallas I don't think the goal like the goalkeeper rotation is an issue but I don't think it was for this series. no think, but what it
0: did do I, I think it was
1: whatever a shooting
0: but I, I believe it was systematic that they because they done that though because the Vancouver series they were trying to play you know chess when there was no chess needed to be played you know yeah um, they were making moves that didn't need to be played. It was actually Vancouver that were making the chess piece moves, and they felt like they needed to. And I didn't feel that. Uh, you know, I still thought coming out of that Vancouver series, which it was a very hard fought series. By the way, Vancouver actually over, you know, above and beyond um, went went above and beyond, should I say, on expectations in that series. To be fair, um, and maybe that's what took it a little bit out of uh, Vegas. But at the same time, that's not much of an excuse because Dallas had been in some pretty tough games before that too. I mean, the Calgary game with Dallas, I mean, they took out Kachuk. You know, you'll get some fans yeah. saying, oh, well, he got he got what he deserved because people don't like Kachuk and they think he's dirty and stuff. And obviously what happened uh, in the first game with uh, with you know, that was purely an accident. But fans can obviously always see past that and, Now, realize it was an accident. But either way, Dallas have had a hell of a run. Um, And I think, you know, they beat, you know, they obviously beat the Avalanche as well with Nate McKinnon, who I believe is the best center on the planet. I I believe Nate McKinnon has overtaken uh, Connor McDavid in that mantle. They're both pretty much the same age. I think uh, Nate McKinnon is a year younger. Um, I believe Nate McKinnon is the best center in the world at the moment, and they overcame them in a 5-4 series, though. You know what I mean? So yeah. it was a tough, tough series. Um, and then, obviously, against the Flames, you know, it was uh, was what it was. But I still think, you know, I, I still think even 4-2, like they, it was a 4-2 series. So it wasn't like it was a whitewash again. Vegas have been whitewashed. Um, essentially. I know they won one game, but, you know, they started off so well last night they kept the pace up, they kept the pace up, they kept the pace up. But Dallas have this way of getting these referee decisions which seem to always gain them uh, power play minutes. And that's that's what happened with Calgary as well. I don't know how they do it. I don't know whether there's a little bit of a brown envelopes going on here or something, but it just seems to me that in late periods in games, it seems that some reason Dallas always have power plays and I don't know what that is is it that their players are so uh, I don't know like so needling that you know opposition players just kind of succumb to the, the pressure and want to just strike out and just beat the shit out of them I don't know what do you think?
1: It could be something that's being said you know they, they, they know how to um, get, get under the skin yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: it's obviously just working. They know the right things to say. To They know the line. They won't pass it, but it's about getting other players to pass it, which obviously that's what they're doing. And that's okay. Um, and it's
0: obviously working that is out okay. for them. You know? like that is yeah. actually okay. I mean, Dallas actually, you know, people are going to be surprised to hear me say this. Dallas deserved their spot on the final. Yeah. They really do. Um, now it's really up to the Islanders or the Lightning. Team. Do they deserve their spot in the final? I believe the Lightning deserve their spot in the final. I think that would be the better, um, the better game. You know, for hockey, I believe the Lightning should should uh, should win it. But um, it just feels like that luck is on the side of the Dallas Stars at the moment. And, yeah. You know, I feel like I should go out and take like ten, ten dollars, ten euro, ten coronas, ten whatever the hell you want to call it, wherever you're listening here. And uh, and go and throw it on on the Dallas Stars to win the whole thing.
1: Well, it wouldn't be a bad day.
0: No, because it's uh it's it's the way it's trending. So, um. But yeah, you you've got some
1: other stuff that you wanted to bring up. Yeah, we'll, we'll move on away from that, and obviously we'll we'll know this time next week, or we'll probably be into the Stanley Cup playoffs this time next week uh, we will. so we can talk about Hopefully it a bit more in depth but, uh, but yeah a little closer to your uh, your heart there Ian uh, the Calgary Flames have announced Jeff Ward as their new head coach um, so what do you make of the call do you like Jeff Ward as a new head coach and what do you think he will be able to change uh, to make them contenders next year Okay,
0: so I've thought a lot
1: about this, and there's a
0: lot of uh, Calgary friends. I, I salute y'all up in Alberta uh, as you come back into winter. Stay warm. <laughs> um, what I've thought about this for a while, okay? And Initially, I wanted Jeff Ward out, as you know. Um, I wanted Jeff Ward out after the last game. I thought the goalie changes in that Dallas Stars game, having been 3 nil up to go and lose 7-3, I thought was just a disgrace. In any way, shape, or form, you know, in any sport, just you know, and then taking Cam Talbot off to bring on David David Ridditch. only to bring Cam Talbot back on again, changing the goalie, it just wasn't a good idea. It was it was a silly move, I do believe, but I also believe that um, he probably knows that too. I think where this all lies, and this is really the, the key point here, Brad Tre Living is the uh, GM of Calgary and he's been there for quite a while and um, Brad Trey Living has literally done nothing but keep the players that he has there kind of happy so he's built up a good relationship with the likes of Sean Monaghan Mark Giordano um, you know Johnny Goudreau Johnny Hockey Johnny Hockey should take that name and sell the rights because he has no right calling himself anything other than a shambles, to be honest with you, because you know he's got himself a gimmick. Yet you know
1: you're not he, the biggest. You're not the biggest fan of uh, of poor Johnny. <coughs> now it's the second time you said that actually on the show.
0: I'm not a fan of him. Uh, I think he's given himself a gimmick. Yet he's not putting up numbers mm. like the likes of a Connor McDavid or a Nate McKinnon or a you know Alexei Ovechkin. Um You know, call yourself Johnny Hockey and then actually threaten people. You know, because that's your name and you you have a trademark. It's gonna maybe put some numbers on the Calgary boards to get you there. Again, he had a he had a season last season, I believe, where he had a ninety nine point season, and that was pretty pretty awesome. Um, where we have the problem and where we where we suffer in Calgary is that we've kind of become succumbed to mediocrity. We have a great start to seasons. We always have a great. Um, great regular season Pretty consistent We always get up in the You know The top to middle half Sometimes bottom half But we always going to make the playoffs But also We also get destroyed In the first round Of the playoffs Usually too Win the first game And then boom Give up on the second game And the problem is There's two players In particular Three players in particular I might add One is the captain Which I think is Captain Shambles Also I'm going to mention him um, Is Mark Giordano um, you watched a few games there with the Dallas Stars and you noticed Mark Giordano was just getting penalty points at the end of the game when he should be the one basically pulling the team together as captain saying come on guys and then you see his little you know face going oh shit man shit well yeah shit why did you do it You people probably heard me ripping on Milan Lucic um for giving away some penalty points in that last game as well. Um, silly penalty points. I, I do think Dallas Stars, done again, they've done this voodoo shit where they actually duped him into it. I don't think he meant it. Yeah, um, I think Milan Lucic was actually one of the standout players in that uh, bubble for Calgary. I think you, you said that to me as well. You mentioned it. Because obviously he was known as a big-time... Basically, he's known as the beast, you know? Nobody wants to yeah. fight Lucic, which... <laughs> Well, one, of the, one of the Winnipeg players tried to his name is lost on me now but you remember that he just got thrown around and beaten, yeah. beaten to a pulp but I think Lucic definitely you know had his uh, had his, his uh, <clears throat> he made his mark in that series um, whereas there's two players I didn't three players like I said that I didn't notice do anything really Johnny Gaudreau, Johnny Gaudreau scored you know a couple of goals a couple of points were they meaningful goals really and then when the chips were down, where was it? Um, yeah, Sean Monahan, another player who I absolutely love, but goes missing absolutely every time. And I look at Sean Monahan as a centre who scores over twenty goals every year, usually averages in the late seventy to early eighty points, kind of you know realm. Didn't do it yep. this year. This was a very strange year for Calgary, and this is—I'm going to get back to your question now about Jeff Ward. Um, this was a very strange year. Obviously, I'm not going to mention his name, but the head coach was was, was fired for you know, you know. I, I believe there was some sort of racist comments, and kind of, and you know, I don't want to speculate about anything like that. But he's 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 uh, he's rendered his services out of Calgary, and now he's, he's somewhere in Europe. So, um, obviously. Jeff Ward, who is a seasoned veteran assistant coach, experience in, uh, in Stanley Cup finals and victories in, uh, with the Boston Bruins and has worked with the likes of Milan Lucic before, but always been an assistant. And I thought this year after that we might actually – Calgary would finally put some money into a top, top head coach and actually put money into the, to the head coach. What happens with Calgary, it seems to be a trend going on here, is that they always cheap out on the coach. Okay? So it's no surprise here that they've done the same because they obviously have an interim coach and now they're going to make him head coach. What I would say to Calgary Flames fans who believe that it's all doom and gloom, I would not say that. I believe that very similar to like teams that are in a rebuild, and that have seemed to be in a rebuild for like five years. And eventually that GM role comes to an end for somebody. They end up on the unemployment line or else they end up at a, a uh, you know, a lower franchise, so to speak. Brad Trey Living, this is his do or die move now. So it's a very interesting one. Trey Living literally has one more year, in my opinion, to, um, to break this mediocrity of what he's called, a general manager job at calgary he's obviously stuck by jeff ward because he wants a bit of consistency and to be fair jeff ward is a nice guy and i think the fact that he came in and steadied the ship after the previous gm getting um getting the bullet you know pretty much midway three-quarters way through the season and he did steady the ship got us to uh, got us to the to the playoffs and obviously got us past Winnipeg, which we weren't expected to get past Winnipeg in the first round, two of the first you know, in the in the qualifiers, should I say, to the first round. And um, I thought he'd done a good job doing that, to be honest with you. I thought he'd done a really good job doing that. I thought there was camaraderie there. Um and he changed the lines. It wasn't like line one, line two, line three. It wasn't like he was starting with the line three, which was Milan Lucic, Sam Bennett, and uh, Dylan Dubé. Remember that absolute rocket of a goal from Dylan Dubé where he basically threw about three or four people and just absolutely destroyed them. And uh, they had their left-wingers and right-wingers then absolutely checking the shit out of people as well. So, um, you know, I do think that Jeff Ward has a little bit of a vision there. And I think if uh, the right pieces. This is going to be a really big year. I think that I think Calgary are going to be the biggest and busiest, uh, the busiest of the big teams, should I say? Maybe that's the best way of saying it. The busiest yeah. of the big teams in this uh, offseason. The official announcement's made now. He's uh, he's obviously contract details haven't been given or anything like that. I'd be very surprised if he got more than a one or two year deal. Okay. Going to show what he's worth. I think that's smart business if if that's the route you're going. I don't think you're going to give him a three- or four-year deal. When you know that, if it doesn't work for you as a general manager, Trey Laving, I'm calling you out for this, uh, you know that he's going to be going with you. So this is his,
1: his, uh, this is his baby. Um, but do you run the risk if you do, if that happens, though, um, where you get rid of the head coach and the GM at the same time? Do you not run the risk of setting the team back? in terms of progression for the next few
0: years? Um, well, we haven't
1: progressed
0: in the last few years anyway. So I think um, I think we've been in a rebuild, it seems like, for quite a while. Yet, to be honest with you, when you look at the, the players that we have on paper, we should not be in a rebuild. We should be at least a contender. Um, you know, Johnny Hockey hasn't stepped up at all. And Monahan has not stepped up because you've got regular season players and then you've got playoff players. We've talked about this on the show before, um, yeah. in in different sports. You know, in football and in uh, and in basketball. Um, these two guys don't. Out of the two, the lesser of two evils, in my opinion, is John, is uh, Sean Monahan. Yeah, I think Sean Monahan could be a really good player. He's a playmaker as well. He gets a lot of assists. He always averages at least twenty goals, even this year when he only had like sixty plus. Points, he still got twenty goals, so he's he's always there. He knows where the back of the net is.
1: However, I do think. Um, well, could could it be down as something as like, obviously we saw, in the in the Dallas series that one of the big misses for Calgary and was, Kachuk, and if he was playing in that series, like we could be talking about something totally different right now.
0: I do agree with you and I mean that is that is hundred percent true. I, I think this is why where we get to Mark Giordano. You know, he's coming into his I think he's thirty-six or thirty-seven. He's been a great servant. I've got no problem with Mark Giordano. I actually quite like the guy. Um I just don't see him as captain material. Um yeah. you know, especially when you know your team needs you and you're you're giving away penalty points in like, you know, the last seven minutes of a third period. And allowing the opposition in. And not even by, by a foul, by literally flipping the puck out over the hoardings, which you know brings you an automatic two-minute sin bin trip. Yeah. Um, so, like, you can't even argue that one with a referee. Yeah. You know? You can argue, you, you know, Milan Lucic can argue that he didn't do anything, you know, in the scrummage in around the goalkeeper. You can absolutely argue that. But if you actually flip the puck over to Horton's and, you know, you're giving yourself two minutes for what, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't think he's captain material. I do believe that the new captain should be Match even at 23 years old. I do. Um, I think we've all seen the video, didn't we, where he was wearing a mask and he just flipped the mask down and walked out when he saw the team. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think it was after
1: like the fifth or sixth goal or yeah. something like that. He just walked um, out, yeah.
0: This kid cares. Um, I would I would do everything I can to to keep him as the core of the Calgary Flames because he's a left sided uh, he's a left sided winger. I believe you move Goudreau on for some pieces this this uh, this off um, there's plenty of teams that want him, and he's got plenty of uh, value. And to be honest with you also, he's only got one year left on his contract when you get to the end of this season. So this is the time where you can actually get some assets out of Johnny Goodrow. Yeah. Whereas you're running the risk of running into next season and he's got a year left on his contract and he gives his shit even less. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, uh, so, um, I, I, you know, I don't hate Johnny Goodrow. Don't get me wrong. I think he's, he's a good player. I do like him. I just question his uh, heart. Yeah. And he's coming out saying all the right things now at the moment, but I don't believe it. I think, uh, I think Magic Kachuk is the guy. I would give Sean Monaghan one more year uh, to see how he would kind of line up with someone like a Magic Kachuk on the left. And then possibly, you know, well, Lindholm on the right is pretty good as well, but, you know, depending on what trades they go for and what, what, um, you know what? 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 Obviously, what uh, a free agents they go for too. But I think,
1: yeah, you know, like would... I know, I I know that you you are not too high on on Johnny Gaudreau, but he is still like the second highest point scorer that you have on the team at the moment. So whether or not he did perform in the series, he does perform for the team. I guess in the regular season, he he has, but. Like, it's still, if you do decide, like, if they decide the way you're thinking of getting rid of him, it's still a massive hole to fill in terms of losing all those points.
0: Well, not really, because who was the top point scorer for the Calgary Flames this year? Kachuk. Exactly. What position does he play?
1: Yeah, true. True.
0: The hole is already filled. But, like,
1: but like The hole is already
0: filled. Them. So, technically, what you're doing is you're filling the second line hole. Getting that's what I was
1: going to say. You still have like a second, third, and fourth line that you still have to, you still have to have cover there for. You do,
0: and that's why I think because Pachuk has the highest uh, monetary value in terms of it, uh, from an asset standpoint, he's the obvious choice that the likes of a Philadelphia or a New Jersey or a New York Rangers or a New York Islanders is going to want. You know, um, and yeah. there's talk that that Calgary want Taylor Hall because he's going to be a free agent this year and Taylor Hall is a high scorer and left winger as well and he's from Calgary he's a local boy Calgary Flames fan I personally don't want him either because I think he's another I think he's another Johnny Gaudreau. I think he plays what he wants I don't know whether that would be different when he was playing for his home team you never know that's always a factor I guess you could probably agree with me on well, that well
1: would, would right wing not be maybe a, a position that you would look to sort of uh, Phil, because that, that that's, that's one that you're not getting a lot of production out of. But well, from what I can see from the stats, I knew it.
0: Well, Lindholm has been pretty good. I mean, last year Lindholm did play pretty well.
1: But he's more yeah. of a centre though than a. No,
0: like Lindholm's a right winger. Lindholm, yeah. a, Elias Lindholm is definitely a right winger. He's uh He he, he he's not. He's not strong enough to be a centre. He can be creative for sure. Okay. He's, not a, he's down
1: officially here that he's down as a centre. But if you if you're saying that he's playing right, right wing, then that's fine. And where is that? Uh, uh, hockeyreference.com.
0: That's pretty funny actually, because Elias Lindholm was, you know, throughout his whole career with the Caroline Hurricanes, he's always been a right winger. But yeah. if they want to, wherever they got that from, I don't know. But yeah. He, uh, he's a, he's primarily a, uh, a right winger. Now, don't get me wrong, that doesn't mean he can't play centre. You know, there's plenty of players that can play right wing centre. I mean, Matthew Kuchuk has played right wing in the past, um, and he's primarily a left winger. So that's yeah. that's not really here nor there. I would agree with you. Um, we are pretty strong on the left-hand side, and I do believe that the right-hand side needs to be probably strengthened because Milan Lucic, again, a left winger as well. Um, they had Dylan Dube and Steve Bennett on line three, kind of alternating between the centre and the right uh, when they were playing. So they, yeah, yeah, I, I like that. That's actually a really good point. That you, we probably need more depth. But I mean, in, when it comes to line one, we had um, we had Lindholm um, and what was his goddamn name? Boom! Um, it'll come back to me anyway. Uh, yeah, we had we had Lindholm obviously as as line one. But that, that could alternate And I think that's probably what, what Kind of stands out with Jeff Ward Is that he's not afraid to kind of change the lines up It's not like you're not too Big for your boots that I won't change it up A little bit um, But I do I do think that I do think that we need You know We're coming into an end of season now Where there's going to be Cap space is really going to be An issue for Calgary this year yeah. Um we've got about three or four defenders that are coming up to the end of contracts. Gustafson, we got him in based off the back of a sixty point season from the Chicago Blackhawks last year. Um and they got him in on that, you know, and he's done a pretty decent job. Um Travis Haminich, a player I absolutely love, one of my favourite flames. Um I believe if he hadn't have been injured and was playing in that series against Dallas they would not nearly have got away with some of the absolute school fuckery that they did because he would be straight in their face yeah um but in in a checking sense you know what i mean yeah um and then of course tj brody as well is coming to the end of his contract in defense so that's three. uh they forbert as well who they brought in from uh, from the la kings it's coming to the end of the contract he'll do a pretty decent job so you've got four defenders there, all probably looking over the four million mark um for a renewal. And you're probably gonna be looking at a minimum of four year to five year contract. So this is where Brad Trey living is what I'm saying. This is his last year. <laughs> you know, he's yeah. gotta decide. Is it gonna be Haminich? If you're taking Haminich, why not TJ Brody? Because Hamanich is always injured. Yeah. If you take TJ Brody, you're taking defence in, but then you're possibly taking out some of the bite that he, that uh, that Travis Hamanich has. So it really is, yeah, it's it's a tough one. It's a lot of work to be done in the Calgary Flames, um, you know, in the Calgary Flames office. To be honest with you, first and foremost, um, I do think that given Jeff Ward the role probably for a year or two. Depending on how um, you know how much Brad you know gets done this year is probably the right choice purely because he knows the team and the players seem to respect him, and um, because I don't think you're going to be swapping a, a Sean Monahan for a Nate McKinnon anytime soon. Yeah, but you know, if, if if he gets it right, then you don't need to, because then you've got a Sean Monahan scoring 80, 80 plus points. Mm-hmm. I just think the reason I'm thinking Johnny Gaudreau needs a taxi. Um, back to America and I mean that with absolute respect is um, is because I think he's the most valuable player to trade okay I think there's teams that will still look at his numbers or teams that will have a a system that they believe that he will fit into and we could probably get you know some high picks we'd definitely get a round one pick we could probably get a good left winger or right winger or, or both, we will probably get a decent like second line left winger. Could probably get a um, probably get a prospect right winger then as well. You know, or one or one of both. So you get a left wing and a right wing, depending on which side you want to go. And you could get a second liner in there on the right wing, or you can get a prospect on the left. And so you'd probably get two or three players plus a first round pick from the likes of you know a New Jersey Devils. Um, I don't believe I know he wants to play for the Flyers because that's his his, his his club that he supported I don't feel that they need the services of Johnny Goudreau at the moment so I don't see that happening yeah um, but I do see a New York obviously who are going to pick a Lafrenier now as their first round pick I do see a New York Rangers or an Islanders going heavy in for him um, in this season but as far as Jeff Ward's concerned. I think it was obviously going to be... It was always going to be the safest choice from Brad Trey Living's uh, point of view because, again, he doesn't seem to put much work into planning um, other than keeping players happy. And He's a really... And the thing about Brad Trey Living is that he's really good at uh, keeping his own players happy. You know, he's really good at negotiating contracts and stuff like that. But in terms of his trades and free signings...
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, so... That's okay. how I feel well, about Calgary. So it's uh, I hope people enjoyed that, and probably a lot of people disagreeing or agreeing. Like a lot of people are actually, you know, fifty-fifty on money
1: and uh, good role. Yeah,
0: uh, well, that's
1: well, that's certainly um, educated me more about the situation of the Calgary, because obviously from my point of view, being um, a casual sort of starting to get into more in-depth sort of interest in in hockey that to know this now about um, what needs to be done to sort of help the team progress and to start challenging for Stanley Cups again is definitely uh, it's definitely good to know. Well it's it's if mediocrity. Are, if I was to ask you a question right before we before we wrap
0: up here. If you have a team in Calgary, right, who performs really well in the Western Conference, right? You know this year maybe not so much but last year and then for the last we have not I believe it's in like I can't remember the exact numbers and in the last few years we have not got past the first round so the same thing happened we win the first game in the first round of the playoffs yeah. and then get shut out 4-1 each time something's wrong there right?
1: Yeah it seems it's some sort of mental block anyway for sure and- Obviously, you want to see what you can do to uh, to, to fix that. Um, and obviously, the first step is to make Jeff Ward the – well, they believe the first step is to make Jeff Ward the permanent coach. The next step now is to sort out the roster, to get a, a proper challenging roster. But um, I think that that's all the time we, we have for this week. And we'll, we'll talk more about, it, obviously um, – if any moves do happen in terms of trades, with, especially with Johnny Gaudreau, like you're saying, we will be back next week. Hopefully, we'll have possibly maybe Casey on back in, uh, to speak about the NBA uh, finals uh, when we know who we'll have. Uh, just looking at there, actually, the first game of the Eastern Conference Finals actually going into overtime between the Celtics. And the the heat, so it's been a really a really good comeback from the heat, especially in the fourth quarter. But Ian, as always, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Uh, if you want to follow us on any of our socials to let us know if you agree with Ian's view on what needs to change with the Flames, or if you agree with our views with the basketball or the nfl you can get us on facebook facebook.com forward slash asi podcast you can get us on twitter at asi underscore pod and then finally you can get us on instagram at asi give us a like a follow give us a, a a favorite if you can too which will really help us along but until next week we will speak to you later